This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of takes that chance 10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to Andy Takes That Chance, the warm-up. This week, the lads look forward to welcoming the royally named Queen's Park Rangers to our iFollow screens. Joining myself, the court jester, Matt Shaw, to preview the game, we have stroking his corgi, and only that, is the Baron of Bearchester, Brady Frost, and holding the prediction crown at the moment is Chris the Marquess Markham. So, hey, chaps, how are you doing? Good evening, mate. All right? Yeah, very good. Uh, this Saturday, uh, we take on Queen's Park Rangers, a club that we haven't played a lot in the past. Uh, the two sides have only met on 35 occasions, with the majority coming over the last 20 years. Uh, Town have won 13, QPR 13, and they've been nine draws, so nicely balanced. Uh, 28 league games have been contested, and 24 of those have been in the second tier. Uh, never have we met QPR in the top or bottom tiers and only four games in uh, in League One. Uh, this week's memorable game, so my most memorable game of, of Huddersfield Town and QPR, um, I did enjoy the Wagner one where Kachunga scored the header you know, to, uh, to put us 2-0 up at home. But my home game against QPR, which is the memorable one, goes back to the 21st of April 2001. Uh, two sides staring down the barrel of a relegation gun from the second tier. Uh, a very good player who Chris has highlighted as a, a player to bring back in the past, I think. Uh, Dean Gore put Huddersfield 1-0 up with a deflected shot before Andy Thompson equalised for QPR. And then just as the game looked to be heading towards a draw, Andy Booth, Andy Booth Mark II, didn't often get in behind defences to you know, get in on one-on-one. And uh, he had his shot saved and it just fell beautifully for Delroy Facey to tap it in in the last minute. And Huddersfield unfortunately relegated on the last game of the season against Birmingham. But at that point, it looked like we were heading for safety and uh, that actually consigned QPR to League One. Um, great game. Brady, you won't remember that. You'll have probably been still wearing shorts, you know, two or three years, five years old, six, seven years old would you have been then? And uh, Chris, you might remember that one. 2007, yeah. Back, yeah. I remember it. It was, it was obviously the, more I remember the end of the season. But yeah, Delroy was... Was was that his season? Was it? It was kind of. He started really with Boothie, and he he had a good partnership with Peter Unlove at one point in that season. Yeah, 
Very good. Right then, so that's a little bit of insight into, and I believe we're, we're unbeaten in five games against QPR as well, which is interesting, which Brady will go into in a bit more detail as Brady gives us the lay of the castle and brings us up to date with how Queen's Park Rangers have been doing more recently. Yeah, so um, again, it's, it's like the Cardiff game going into the game. They're uh, a, a place below us, they're 17th and have 17 points. We have 18. Um, what's quite interesting is QPR have only won once on the road this season, uh, and that was to Derby County, 1-0. Again, not that special, this judging on this season. Uh, they've lost to Coventry away and Barnsley away and drew it Wednesday. So um, again, not, not having a great time on the road. Uh, only won once in the last five matches. Uh, they're actually ahead in midweek against Bristol, uh, Bristol City, but, but uh, lost, lost the match 2-1. And I'm sure we'll come on to it, chaps, but they're a bit like town, really. They're really inconsistent. Um, so I've actually spoken to two QPR fans this week, one who we'll hear in the podcast a little bit later, but also one for our match preview article. And uh, the gist I kind of got from is they, they're a bit like us. They need about 10 chances to score. Um, but they also concede far too frequently and easily. So it's like it's a lot of effort for them to actually score and then they just give goals away too easily. Um but yeah, I, I kind of looked at the highlights of Brentford and Bristol and they actually were dominating for quite a long periods of the game and end up losing. So um, yeah, it could be a bit of an interesting one. We're, as you kind of mentioned at the top of it, Matt, we're unbeaten in the last five. Um, I was actually, it was one of the last games I went to um, before lockdown was the uh, QPR home game in February uh, and it was 2-0 win. It was pretty comfortable for us really. So could could be a bit interesting this one. Yeah, so we'll look into the strengths and weaknesses of QPR. Brady you made a good start in doing that. So from my take on QPR, they're a short passing side who play an open and expansive style. Mike Warburton's been around the second tier and been up in Scotland for a little bit, and he's very, uh, very renowned for having his uh, you know ideals, if you like, and sticking to his principles. You know, play out from the back. Very similar, like you're right, Brady. Very similar in style to to what we are. They're probably just a bit slower than what we are. We tend to look a bit, you know, get forward a bit quicker than what they do. Um, a four-two-three-one expansive, uh, leaving gaps here and there. Uh, most of their attack comes down the right flank through Bright Osei Samuel, uh, according to percentages, uh, who almost left over the summer, almost left for four and a half million, which would look uh, a bit of a snip at the minute. Uh, Chris Willock has started to play left side for them as well, and nearly asked chair, uh, very creative behind uh, Lyndon Dykes as well. So the majority of the goals they get are in open play. Uh, they've only scored six away from home, which includes two penalties and one set piece. So three open play goals there. Um, so they're not quite as creative on the road. And, and this game, to me, looks like much will depend on Harry Toffolo and his ability to keep, uh, say, Samuel quiet. Uh, and in terms of weaknesses, they've, they've conceded a widespread of goals from open play, set pieces, and from being counted as well. So they do seem quite fragile across the board rather than uh, a, a sort of a one-size-fits-all approach to scoring against them uh what have you picked up on on queen's park rangers chris uh yeah um like you both described really for if you look at it from just purely from a, a stats point of view which is always dangerous by the way but um quite middle of the table for a lot of stuff i think they're um one of the main things i thought maybe a little bit contradictory to what you said matt was i think that they have a bit better of a balance to their possession than us so we have the second um least amount of our possession is in the final third of the opponent, and theirs is fourth most, even though they are a, pos- a, a possession team. So I think they play their football higher up the pitch and in better areas than us um, most of the time. 
Um, and again, they're a high crossing team, although very different type of crossers and very different type of personnel to the last two teams that we've spoken about as being crossing teams. And they also have a good balance to where they shoot from. So um, 29% of their shots outside the box is the second lowest percentage. So obviously they're not wasteful. They do try and work it into better areas, which obviously gives them does create better chances whether or not they're, they're that good at finishing them is, is probably another thing. Um, like you mentioned, though, I do think they're vulnerable. Um, they're, I think they're interesting in terms of that they've conceded the most set play goals this season. They're the only team who's conceded more than us so far. So I think that's going to be a big area and obviously, hopefully, that's one that, one that we can exploit. Um, and I just, you know, I think they've got... I think they're a, a team that you there's reason to like them in terms of looking at them, like say I like Mark Warburton as a manager generally, but they do look fragile as well. So yeah, I think those would be the main things for me. There's there's a couple of bits to like, but they're definitely a team we can get at. And there's a couple just of players. To, we sorry, like. Brady, go on. Sorry, sorry, Matt. Just to jump in, um, I've not had a chance to verify it yet, but um, Loft for Words, who's done our match preview article, he said last season they conceded the most goals from headers, set pieces, crosses, corners, and conceded the most penalties. So again, that taps into to what yeah, you're Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure Towns conceded like... the most set pieces, didn't they, from in the league by a, quite some distance as well last season. But I think they were definitely up there. QPR. Yeah, they, 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 again, they look the same as you said there, Brady, for headers and stuff. They, you know, Having looked through some of the games, they do look uh, fairly weak when it comes to that. And over the last eight matches, they've conceded the second most goals in the league. So like nearly two a game they conceded. So like I say, it's an opportunity to get at them. But we've only won one in the last four at home and they've won one in the last four away. So there is... You know, there is something to give both teams not coming into it, like you said, with that consistency. So not with that confidence, really. Sounds like we might need to roll Boothy out of retirement there. Just one last time for this one, maybe. So we'll do a player focus now on QPR. And there's there's a number of players that we could focus on. Uh, but one person in particular has, has struck a chord. When, when you sign from Scotland and it's not one of the big two clubs, uh, people tend to look down their nose a little bit at the quality in the SPL, which for me... Uh, is wrong because I think there is some gold to be had up there if you are uh, very clever and, uh, and you can look through some of the kick and rush that some of the sides play. Uh, and one person in particular who's come to Scott, who plays for Scotland via Australia and, and via his parents is is Lyndon Dykes. Uh, he's got five goals and one assist this season. Uh, player, a strong running player, holds the ball well, links reasonably well, although in terms of sofa score, they say one of his weaknesses is holding onto the ball up front, but didn't look that way from vis- you know visually uh, watching no. him. Um, strong player, getting better week by week, Chris. Yeah, I really like him. Um, saw him for really sort of burst on the scene a little bit in the last few in the last month or so with the obviously getting Scotland to the Euros against Serbia. I thought that night he was absolutely outstanding in everything that he did, both for for the team out of possession, but also in possession. You know, Serbians tend to have. Uh, a certain profile of big, strong, aggressive centre-backs. And to be honest, he bullied them absolutely every time. Won everything in the air. It stuck up there with him. And it, it was quite interesting that in that game, when he went off and Ollie McBurney came on, who's now a Prem player who's, who has ripped it up at this level, they looked a lot worse of a team. So when, for me, what he's, he could be one of these strikers, he's not going to, I think of his goals, he's had a couple of penalties in there. So he's not prolific from open play, but he's one of these that just gives so much to the rest of the team. And, and and the three lads that that play behind him in the four two three one will uh, they'll love him. I'm sure they'll love him to bits as the manager will. So for me, I just think he's he's going to be 
it gives them that opportunity to mix it up. And I think if we deal with him and the supply into him and what he can do, I think it'll really negate the three behind him. So I think he's key to how we deal with it. We've said, you know, we've come up against a few big strikers. We said Kiefer Moore last week, and then for the first goal, he's left on his own in the middle of the six-yard box. Criminal. So, you know, that's um, that. I think looking after Dykes is going to be crucial. And you know, speaking of the three behind him, um, I know you've had a look, um, Brady, at Asai Samuel. Uh, I think that was Matt, but um, was it? Do you both did. We, he, was, he was like the first one that <laughs> popped out to both of us, really, wasn't he, Brady? Yeah, um, I think he can kind of switch wings, so I think that could be a potential area of weakness for us, depending on who's playing at right back if he fancies it. But um, again, yeah, like, like you say, nearly moved in the summer. Um, still, kind of, I think he's you know a bit of a contract talk saga going on there. But he's been really impressive for him, and he's absolutely rapid. I mean, I saw that goal um, they scored against Brentford in the defeat, and he just completely completely beats the left back for pace. So. Need to watch out for him. I think, um, again, Chris Willock, uh, he's been doing quite well there. I know we, we're not kind of mentioned him, but I, I think as well, uh, again, could just be a one-off, but West Brom, when he played for us last season, he looked really fired up because he didn't really get a chance at West Brom. And I wonder, again, former team, point to prove because we didn't sign him and we, we kind of had the chance if he, he might be one to watch as well. I was going to make that point. That's that's really well thought oh, out, Brady. So I'll give you kudos on that one. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> Uh, so let's let's focus on on the boys a bit more. Let's focus on Huddersfield Town. So how do Huddersfield Town look to uh, approach QPR? So uh, you know, like we've said, they play a similar style to QPR. Maybe in my in my eyes, a bit quicker, uh, a bit more risky is what I think. So you know, QPR seem a bit safer to me. Uh, so um, the you know Town really need to uh, keep the or really need to be on game with moving the ball quickly and accurately, uh, which would help QPR. Uh, would help overcome QPR, I should say. And I think breaking lines is going to be a really important uh, method to get past them. You know, looking at um, looking at some stats with regards to QPR, uh, and they seem to be a side that concede a lot of shots in the box, not necessarily goals, but they, they give up a lot of uh, chances inside the area. And Towner had side that, can flood the area very quickly uh and for me so breaking lines you know people moving from uh, unorthodox positions is going to be quite key um so i think for us to get you know get over qpr if you like i think we're going to have to see uh, some unusual movement maybe or something a little bit different and one or two players moving into areas uh, inside the box to try and take up some chances uh, what have you guys made brady what have you made of or what do you make of town's um makeup to take on qpr I think this is a team where we should get more chances, really, compared to some of the other opponents we've made because QPR are quite weak defensively, as we touched on, but also they leave quite a lot of space at times as well. Um, and I think this is, again, for me, really why I think we could win this quite easily if we take our chances. Um, I know that's a bit of a cliche, but, um, you know, we've got players in form. We'll kind of come on to our key players, but I think, you know, Benza's playing well, in Iting's playing well, Karam's playing well. I think they're, you know, the players we kind of need to, to do do well, and if they do get chances, I think you know we we could maybe have a half decent um, chance of converting them. Uh, so I got yeah, I kind of QPR again based on the fans I talk to. They don't really fancy it when they come up north. They don't really have a good record in general. Um, and yeah, I, I I think this is a game. If we look at the kind of the fixture run, obviously we got uh, 
Pulis's Wednesday in midweek, um, which I think will be a tough game. I think this is one you kind of look at on paper and think, oh, this is a good chance of getting three points. Chris? Yeah, I agree with that. We'll come on to that as well. We make our predictions a bit more detailed. But like you, you pick, pretty much picked, the, picked it up there, Matt, in terms of they're conceding a lot of their shots in dangerous areas. So although they don't have a lot of shots outside the box, which is a plus, at the other end, they concede a lot of shots from even inside the six-yard box, the second most, and even in the pen, penalty box, like you've mentioned. So I think um, when I've gone and had a bit of an observation of the goals they've conceded, it's been... Um, uh, an array really as we've mentioned high for set pieces but you know defending crosses been a couple of own goals in there they've given away penalties quite rash um, and I just think you know it, they're a team that if we can have our possession in better areas so Matt Warburton's teams they tend to be I don't know what they'll be like I haven't looked into them obviously in that detail at this stage but um, they tend to want to press high so if we can break that press first and play higher which they try and do to us there's no use us having the ball in our own third again. Obviously, we saw what happened on Tuesday again. So I think we need to try and play a bit higher up. And if we do play around their box, that's when we'll start getting joy. Uh, key players then, guys. So, uh, Brady, you're quite keen to get uh, first dibs on the key player, aren't you? Um, who do you who do you see as the, the man to unlock the uh, QPR side? Um, I think I'm just... Just a keynote in general, Matt. But uh, I think Josh Karama uh, will be our key player. He scored two in his last three uh, games at home. And I think this is a game for him to kind of grab a goal and, you know, touched on him previously. But I think he's getting a good partnership with Vimbenza. They seem to be like quite pally now as well, like off the pitch. And, uh, you know, we saw what we did against Borough, you know, just kind of needs a chance. And, you know, I think it might have been us or it might have been one of chicken or whatever. But, um, I think that goal against Middlesbrough a couple of couple of matches ago, he'd you know hit that in the shins, but it just goes in. And I think, uh, yeah, I think he'll be the difference maker. I, I think he can pop up and get a goal or two. I was worried that we might have the same person, but we don't. Uh, Chris, do me and you have the same person? Let me know who you've got. I've gone for the other winger who I think should come back into the team uh, is Mbenza. Um one, because uh, their left-back is Lee Wallace, who is uh, excellent on the ball. Uh, obviously, Rangers for a while, uh, really good quality in attacking areas, but now he's knocking on a bit and his mobility will left something to be desired. So if you can get Mbenza against him one-on-one is one reason. The other reason is, is obviously, we've mentioned set play has been important. I think Mbenza's had it's sometimes erratic set play delivery, but when he gets it right, it could really cause problems. So I'm not normally an advocate of picking a team just for set plays, but I think with that coupled with how we could get after Wallace uh, could be a big key for us. Okay. Uh, the player that I've picked um, is a player that's yet to hit last season's heights uh, really. But as I mentioned, uh, breaking like the ability to break lines is going to be key for me and to pop up in the box. And one player that I'm going to look to, to get into areas to score goals because I think he would probably admit himself that he doesn't score quite enough at the minute. And that's Lewis O'Brien. So I think the ability to move the ball quickly and sharply is going to be key. Uh, and Lewis O'Brien is someone who can do that. He can press, he can carry short bursts, uh, you know, commit players and bring, you know, an open gaps, open space. Uh, and I think Lewis uh, will need to look to get into the box. And if he does, I think there's a very, every chance that he could he could be on the score sheet. So Lewis O'Brien for me is my player that I will look to to do something a little bit different. And that's to get into the box more and uh, and be, on, be the recipient of one of those chances that potentially QPR could give away. Uh, so yeah, so three different players, which is good. Uh, so we've got a wide spread there, which is 
it's good to see because at least we're not a, a team that's reliant, overly reliant on one. You know, three years ago, I think everyone would say Aaron Moy every week. So, you know, that's that's great well, to you see. Would. I, I'd say Aaron Moy in my other feature every week if I could you get You say Aaron Moy now. Yeah, I, you know, I just talk, I think I say it in my sleep, to be honest. Um, yeah, so, um, so let's go to our new feature, which has not quite been named yet. We've had one or two decent names and we may finalize that before the next episode or we may put a poll out to see what everybody thinks. Uh, a player that you bring back to win this game. So we're popping in our uh, Jodie Whittaker's pop down with her TARDIS. We're going to pop inside, I don't, uh, you know, and we are going to go back in time and we're going to bring somebody uh, into this game to take on QPR. Chris, who have you picked this week to um, get the better of uh, Queen's Park Rangers? Are we going straight on to that or are we going to review last week's poll winner first? And I don't I'm know if we did more on to it, I think. I think you've got your mates. To, I'm sure my my Ben Thornley suggestion was 20% in front at one point, and then it was uh, it seemed it seemed very sort of Joe Biden esque how that just kind of wrapped in with the uh, the postal votes. I, can't I think, believe you brought politics into this podcast, but just in case anyone okay. Arizona think. doesn't count, I'm telling you. <laughs> Andy Morrison won by one percent, so I can um, see why. Yeah, I can see why. Didn't see that. Yeah, I can see. Why. Although Ben um, Millie wasn't a great suggestion, was it? Was it Brady really? Well, you know, I think I think it's rigged, isn't it? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> it is if you mention billing. That's not going to win, mate. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. I knew that wasn't going to win. <laughs> so <laughs> my pick for this week, then, we've talked about, obviously, uh, needing chances. Um, we're going to get chances and being able to put them away when they come. So, obviously, we've had, we've, we've had some fairly good goal scorers um, throughout different times, to be fair, certainly during while I've been watching. I'm worried here. I'm worried about the same one, but go on. I think the one I'm going to pick, though, is probably the one who um, sticks out in my memory, probably with my favourite favorite player for a long time when I was growing up through school, and that would be Marcus Stewart. No! That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just obviously... Uh, he's finishing around the box he had that he had the power he could use both feet if needed maybe not the strongest in the air but his movement just to find half a yard and having watched some of the goals that uh, QPR concede you know and the different types of finishes that that, that he had um, I, I think he could really be one obviously he then went on to do it in the Premier League when obviously the the sale of the century um, was, was, was made so yeah for, for me it'd be Marcus Stewart going to get a few chances I think in this one and if we had him I think he'd put them away yeah that was my pick as well uh, Marcus Stewart because I think against QPR you need a deaf striker and someone with good movement in and around the box and there's no, there was nobody better in, in Huddersfield Town's past really the past 30 years I would say have, um, you, got a, have you got a second one I'm, I'm racking do you know what I'm going to go to 
I've got a number of strikers. I'll share the win, boys. I've got a no, number of strikers in my head. And John Newby's not going to be one of them, but I will <laughs> roll this to Brady and then maybe come back to me and I'll make up my final You've got line. to pick one. Right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be Matt's filler, shall I? Um, so <laughs> QPR seem to be terrible at set pieces uh, and, you know, don't seem to defend whipping balls into the across the box well and corners and free kicks. Who was good at whipping balls in at set pieces? Gary Roberts. Corners and free kick. Gary Roberts. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Rob Gary Roberts. Um, he had that grit as well. You know, he was up for it. And again, I don't think we have many players in the side who are up for a bit of a fight. So I'm going Gary Roberts. I used to love Gary Roberts. Oh, and an he was playing in the championship last season. An as well. absolute <laughs> legend of a man. Probably the funniest man I've met in football. Do you know what's embarrassing, Chris? When Gary Roberts played for us, you know, I was in my 20s and I don't think I'd had a favourite player, really. Do you know when you're a kid, you have a favourite player? I don't think I'd had one for 10 years. And then Gary Roberts signed and I was telling people, oh yeah, he's my favourite player. And I'm, he catch yourself and he kind of go, what am I doing? Because I just used to, I just used to love watching. His touch was phenomenal. Do you know how, you know, it would come down 20 yards out of the air and he would just kill it dead. You know, unbelievable. He's, I think if he had pace, he would have been Premier League all day long. It, you yeah, know, we could do a podcast about Robbo. Yeah. Get him on one, Chris, if you've got his number. Yeah. We'll get him on, you know what I mean? He'd be, he'd be class. He'd be class with, tell us about Car School with Anthony Kay and Pilkington. I'm sure that'll oh, be a great wow. episode. Yeah. Right, guys, do you want to know who mine is? Yes, I do. Yeah, on, right, so we need a, a penalty box predator, if you like. Uh, somebody who's decent in the area. Uh, considering QPR concede a lot of goals from crosses into the box and headers, I'm going to go for the Brady Frost lookalike of 1992 I'm going to go for Ewan Roberts one of oh, my very favourites and he was one of my favourites when I was a kid and I've what got absolutely no qualms in saying that as a 10 year old I was a big Ewan fan although I used to he have Starbucks hair believe it or not well you would believe that I've still got it but you know Ewan <laughs> Roberts uh, I'm going for this week so we've gone back Bill and Ted style we've brought back for this game I've gone for Ewan Roberts Brady has gone for Gary Roberts it's all Roberts is this and uh, right. Chris has gone for Marcus Stewart so We'll stick a poll out later. Tell us who you would bring back as well. Uh, and also tell us what name this feature should be. There's still a little room, although we do have a, a clear favourite, I think, uh, even though it's got a little bit of opposition for me and my silly names. But there we go. Like I say, let us know what you think of that feature. And on to our next feature, where Brady chatted to Sam Taylor from QPR fan site, Our Generation. Right, I'm joined on the line now by uh, Sam Taylor from uh, the QPR fan site, Our Generation. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, so, we've got the match on Saturday. Um, just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Um, so, what have you kind of made of QPR season so far? It's been a bit up and down. I don't think we were expected to do much more than um, what we had. We lost, obviously, Abereze, who was the driving force of our season last year. And we had another pretty busy transfer window. So again, it was a pretty fresh team. Um, but I think at times we've overperformed. We beat Forrest on the first day. Um, but we've also, I, I tend to use the term very nearly very good because we tend to do pretty well. But then there's always something that brings us back. For example, um, we played the other week and we were, we would, um, we were we had a comfortable three 0 lead three one and then we lost it and then we were on on edge for the rest of the game thinking that we were going to lose again so um, it's 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 been up and down we've overperformed but we've also underperformed it's quite QPR in my opinion to do that but yeah it's it's been a bit of a confusing one really 
yeah, it sounds a bit similar to us where uh, you're great one week, terrible the next, and it's all a bit mm-hmm. in the over the place. So um, you talk about the kind of interesting start. Um, it seemed like Mark Warburton, your boss, was under a bit of pressure early in the season. Um, has, has results kind of changed enough for those like calls for him to go quiet, or is it still a bit touch and go? Um, I think it was after we, we lost to Blackburn at home 3-1, and I think the fan base was getting a bit fed up because he is a very, very consistent style of play. It just has very inconsistent results. And I think from my point of view, it seems to have quietened down a bit. And then obviously just yesterday we lost to Bristol City when we essentially ran the game for 90 minutes and they had two shots and scored twice and beat us 2-1. So I think people are getting a bit fed up again, but I think there's more of a consensus now that a changing manager will probably do very little. I think we're just hoping that the team can find some consistency under Mark Warburton rather than, uh, rather than asking for someone to come and take his place because I don't think that would do much good in itself. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. And you, you talk about the game yesterday, obviously, uh, disappointing to lose that. What what are you expected from the game against us on, on Saturday? Just just more. I think a big problem is we don't take our chances and we do actually create a lot. So all I'm hoping is that we go out and get the result we deserve. If we go out and have a terrible game and we lose, then fair enough. Then we need to work on certain things. It's incredibly frustrating when you're playing well but not getting anything. And that's our problem at the moment. So all I'm hoping is we can take our chances and actually capitalise on on the ability that is uh, within our team, give a good account of ourselves and get what we deserve out of it. Well, I mean, I was going to say here's hoping, but uh, I suppose not, not for us in our <laughs> case. Um, so uh, Chris Willock, um, I wanted to mention actually, because we, we were kind of linked to sign him all summer. Um, never really happened. Obviously, he was online last season and he's, a, he's at QPR now. How's he been doing so far? Have you been impressed? He had a very, very quiet start. He had a few sub-appearances and he was fine, didn't make any impacts. But then the last few games, he had glimpses of real potential. Like he, he wasn't very good last night, but in our two games before then, he gave a really good account of himself. He was, looked very confident. He was going past players and he was taking them on, which he didn't do in his first few appearances. He has really good vision as well, which I didn't realise. He was putting in some really nice balls to areas I didn't even see were an option. And I, 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 do, I, do, I, I rate him at the moment. Um, he seems to be doing quite well. And, I, and he's someone who you can tell has the ability. It's just about getting the balance right and making sure that whoever's managing him is utilising his ability to as best we can. Um, people were drawing Eze comparisons last week, but obviously it's a bit of a stretch. But I, I do think he, he is a player. He just needs to be played in the right way. I, I, think, he's, I think he's given a good account of himself so far. Well, that's, that's nice to know, especially when we're struggling for wingers. Um, well done, well done, Huddersfield. Um, so, yeah, just to touch on the game, I'm going to ask for a score prediction. Um, you talked a little bit about the game game earlier, how you see it going, but, um, yeah, what do you think the result's going to be? Um, if, if, if we play the same way we did yesterday, 
I think we could come away with a pretty poor result, maybe a two or even three nil, because we were just so we would we we were not clinical at all. But if if it comes to it and we play and we can actually put our chances away, then it easily could be quite a high-scoring game because uh, we tend to respond well to other people thrashing us. So if the team we're playing against tends to get a few, I can't see us just sitting down and lying. Um, so it, And I think we've had quite similar seasons, so maybe a 2-2 would be how I see it going. Well, yeah, yeah, here's hoping. I mean, we, we got fresh at the weekend, um, so I hope you're right. Just just before you, you do go, sorry, I, I realise I've kind of messed up me, me scheduling here with questions. Um, have you have you looked at much of Huddersfield? What have you kind of thought of us this season? Um, honestly, not really, but um, judging from the way everyone's playing this season, I just think it's incredibly difficult to judge teams because the form is so inconsistent. Um, you see teams like Wickham being battered at the beginning of the season and then uh, getting results against better teams in the top half. Um, I think... I think it's really difficult to judge teams this year and especially with no fans and everything going on. But um, if Huddersfield are anything like us, which I'm sure there are many comparisons as they seem to be quite a championship side at the moment, um, I'm sure they have a lot of ability and I'm sure if it's utilised, I'm sure it could come out in the right way. But um, like I said, um, I've been trying to focus on the appalling state of my team rather than <laughs> delving into the rest of the league um but but i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure there are sides that can give us a run for our money just like any team in this league really well to say i put you on the spot there you kind of hit the nail on the head really we we have the potential we don't uh, we don't get it quite there sometimes and then uh, we're shocking the other so it does it does sound like our two teams are similar so um i'll let you go anyway sam but thanks for coming on i appreciate it Okay, so Sam has provided his uh, point of view, and now it's time for us to don David Wagner's blue baseball cap, Carlos's skinny chinos, and Mark Robbins' glowering expression as we try to predict what will happen this weekend. Uh, it's our predictions time, and yes, we will eventually get this prediction league up. If you do know a decent prediction league just for one game a week, then please let us know and we'll uh, we'll set something up quickly. Um, but yeah, so guys, this week... What are you going for? You know, in terms of system, scoreline, I think we'll start with Chris. Okay. Um, system, I, th- I think he'll keep it the same. It would make sense. We, had, we didn't mention him, but Chair is an important player for them as well. The, he's a player at number 10, like small diminutive. So I think we'll need a, a 4-3-3 to have a defensive midfielder around him. Makes sense uh, maybe for that to be Hoggy. Um, and then I think I've mentioned that I would have try and bring in Benza back. A little bit worried about centre back against Dykes, to be honest. Um, Edmonds Green, whilst he's got a lot of strengths and he's got a lot of potential, I wouldn't say physicality at this point is one of them. He's athletic, he's nimble, he's agile, he can defend space behind, but that's not really the prime objective with with Dykes. So if he does play, I think Dykes would, would probably pull on to him quite a lot. So I'm not sure what the other options we've got there. Obviously, is Steerman injured. Shindy's um, back, isn't he? So Shindy's back, yeah, and it depends, obviously, which side you get. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of a worry. Um, I think, like I said, I'd, I'd have um, and Benza back in, and I made a lot of changes. And Benza, Karoma, one of Wardy, and, and obviously Campbell up top. And 
I'd have, I think, I don't think I've really said it before, but I'm probably, well, you've got Josh Caroma's fan club. I'm, I've been Lewis O'Brien's. He's not someone who was there when I was working there, but I love everything about his, him on the field. Um, so I, I think Lewis is a big player every week. So I, I really like him. Look, I think this game, um, if you look, I think it's going to be tight first half. Out of 15 first halves QPR have had, they've only been behind three times and only in front twice. So 10 of them have been all square. But just after the second half uh, starts of the first 15 minutes after half time, they've only scored one and conceded six this season. I think it could be tight at half time and I think we could run away with it in the second half. So I'm going to go 3-1 to town. Red House? I like I like the confidence, Chris. Um, yeah, I think uh, for I think I'd go with four three three. Uh, obviously, Corbin made a couple of changes in midweek. Uh, I could bring some players back. I, as we touched on, I think this is quite quite a winnable game, really, if we're on it, uh, and we've got some more tricky games coming up. So I'd go Hamer and goal. I think it depends if Pippa's back or not. I mean, I hope he is. If he isn't, um, I would be worried about that right-back position, given the, the free behind Dykes, as we've touched on. So I'd actually put Edmunds Green there because he can play right-back. Um, I think he'd be a bit more reliable defensively than Bakuna. Uh, I'd have Shindy uh, if I can't have Edmunds Green, and I'd have Saar and Toffolo, even though Saar loves a slide tackle in the box, which uh, yeah, I feel like he seems to do that every game at home. Same midfield free out of Iting, Hogg and O'Brien, but I'd... I've kind of touched on it. I think maybe bring Vallejo in. He needs to start playing uh, at some point with our five subs. Um, and then, yeah, and Benzer and Karoma on the wings. Like I think they're pretty much nailed on for the team sheet for me now. And I'd bring back Campbell in because he's actually been quite... He's scored the same amount of goals as he did for the entire entirety of last season. And I still think Ward needs to get up to speed. So... Yeah, uh, QPR, they've only scored twice in one game away from home this season. So, again, I think if we take our chances, um, but I think it might be a bit nervy given how we got thrashed in midweek. So I think it'll be 2-1 win for town. Uh, right, I've gone for the exact same team as you, Brady. Um, right. Even down to right back, you know, Peeper, you know, he's, I think he's back in training now. I mm. would pick him if he's fit. If he's not, I would go Edmunds Green as well uh, because Bakuna's apparently got a slight hamstring issue as well. And... As as you guys know, Dehaney's not really. I'm not a member of his fan club. There's no contra for Dehaney. Let's just say. Uh, so I would pick that, and I would bring Campbell back in up front as well. I think he had a rest against Cardiff. Uh, Ward didn't really look up to speed. So uh, Campbell has been doing. I think Campbell just needed freshen, you know, taking out to freshen up, and I, I would bring him back in. Uh, predictions wise, I'm nervous about this because I look at the two teams together, and. I actually look at QPR and I think if you could pick any side in this league who were tailor-made for us to beat, you look at QPR in many ways. Dykes is obviously an issue up front, but the way QPR play, uh, the holes that they leave, um, I look at them and, and think, do you know what? We could beat these 2-0, two, 2-3-0. Two nil, two, nil. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Huddersfield. And the fact that I'm almost semi-confident in that really worries me. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it strikes me full of fear, does that? So I'm going to go 2-0 Huddersfield, which is very worrying. And um, usually when I do that, we get battered. So, you know, I've had to caveat that. Touch wood, you know, rabbit's foot, you know, whatever with a conch. And we can uh, hopefully avoid any uh, any curses there. But yeah, I'm going to go for a Huddersfield win, 2-0. Uh, and same side as you, 4-3-3. And 
the, the defensive midfielder Hoggy for me has to sit on uh, sit on the chair, shall we say? I need to nice, end, end nice. it after that terrible pun. But there we go. Perfect. What an end. Yeah. So uh, thanks for thanks you guys for joining us this week. Uh, everybody else, uh, let us know what you think the results gonna be either via social media or on the YouTube comments. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be back next time after uh, celebrating a decent win. And look out for the uh, main podcast episode as well, if uh, if indeed we do. So thank you very much, and we'll be back soon. Oh, what a night Late in May in 2017 Shinder scored, it was a happy dream What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier Greatest sights in George's Square did see. What an evening, what a night. Oh, I, I got a funny feeling when he walks and a fence, and then the commentator yelled, He takes that chance. Lost so safe and mesmerizing me Low, low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stanford Bridge, oh what a night Oh I, I got a funny feeling when he Commentator yelled, he takes our chance. Oh, what a night! Oh, what a night! Oh, what a night! Oh, what a Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.